For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. I got that nerd rage. Nerd rage. I got that nerd rage. Nerd rage. Folks, guess what? It's that time of the month. Yes, we are back. For you, your March pleasure. We're marching into spring uh, by giving you the best of pop culture, geek, and nerd news. I apologize for me being out of the weather, which is why I'm in my leisure clothes today. Also to celebrate the debut of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we'll talk about soon. But first, I must introduce myself and my compatriots. My name is Craig Lagans. Uh, you can find me at Craig Lagans on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagans. Go figure. And joining me, as always, I can't do a show without my favorite couple. Uh, this man uh, is doing the show just like I'm under the weather and I'm doing the show in my pajamas. This man will be doing the show on one leg. He is my private karate instructor and my certified, certified personal trainer. Mr. Damien Dragon, Damien Vargas, is here. And his better half, a lover of Leo's, former referee, valet, manager, wrestler herself. To paraphrase Elvis Costello, every day she writes the book. And these days, I'm afraid she's not even sure if her name is Veronica. But I call her Foxy Fox. Foxy Foxy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I live with Damien and never choice. <laughs> and Dan Calachico. Um, so, hey, uh, you know what? I'm, give me give me something. <laughs> and Dan Calachico's here. Um, yeah, it's an extra word. Yeah. Sure. Thank you again for joining us. Everyone is already uh, to, uh, logged in, tuned in. Uh, Tune in, turn on, and drop out with us uh, here for us today. Uh, Jamie, you usually start, and because you're on one leg, and I don't know how much time you have left, and if we have to take you out back and shoot you, uh, is there anything you want to start off with uh, first and foremost? Well, well, I got, again, I've got the usual nerd news rundown of the month, and then towards the end, we're going to talk about the uh, the big three movies of the month, well, 
one still yet to come, but the one that everybody's talking about, we're going to be mm-hmm. talking um, Justice League Snyder Cut, which I'm sure you guys have already watched, but we, we haven't, but it doesn't matter. Still want to hear the uh, hear the points of view and everything like that. We're, of course, going to be talking about Godzilla and Kong, non-spoiler as well, because we're watching it this Saturday yeah. as my family movie night. You're watching it. Oh, yeah. I get to talk about David Bowie with Dan. She gets, yeah, she gets to talk about David Bowie with Dan. So we'll be wa- here watching Godzilla vs. Kong this weekend. And, of course, we will be talking about the now-pushed-back Mortal Kombat movie. It's been pushed back. <laughs> yeah, pushed back. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, not coming, it's not getting over here anytime soon. Why? I mean, while one movie gets pushed back, at least Black Widow finally you got, a got date. their due. Yeah, Black Widow got a date. I did not write that down, though. You're welcome. Thank you. July, I didn't July write 19th. Thank but, you. But yeah, I got a ton of nerd. I got a ton of nerd news and that before we get into those three things. So I and I don't have one, but I've got two WTFs this month. I've got two WTFs. Is it going to lead to a stunt? <laughs> no, it's not gonna leave. Maybe. Oh, shit. I could. I, I might in, be able to. Spin, I'm injured. I might, be, I might be able to spin one into a stunt. Fuck. Right. Yeah. See, you should have said nothing. You screwed you're up right. now. You're right, but uh, part of the Leo thing is being true and prideful and honest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also it's also a curse. So shit. <laughs> All right. That being said, just gonna jump right in, jump right into it. Some bits are a little bit smaller than others. More of an opinion thing, thoughts, whatever. Should be fairly interesting. Uh, so starting out early in the month was the announcement of New Line Cinema is making a live action combination animated Hello Kitty movie, where they're keeping the plot right now is being kept quiet at the moment. But um, a Hello Kitty movie. I mean, Hello Kitty's been around for, like, how long now? As long as I knew. I mean, I mean, like... I was obsessed with it as a little tiny kid. I mean, I remember being a little kid and it was around. So I was like... But it's like, how do you spin that into a live-action combination animated movie? I don't so know. Just, yeah, like... I mean, I, I mean, everybody knows there's a huge popularity for Hello Kitty. I think quarantine has really... Taking writers into a whole new direction where they literally just have dice written with a bunch of things on it and they roll it and whatever it lands on is the combination of what movie that they decide to write. Kind of like the the rapper Uno, South Atlanta, whatever movie and, and live action Hello Kitty is probably going to end up being a detective film because let's be real here. I mean, Detective Pikachu. Exactly. It's but that worked. Yeah. Well, because Pikachu actually did something. Hello Kitty was is is a like a what is it? It's just like a a brand or a, a title, a little like a decal or something. Like I know there was like cartoon shorts at one time or whatever, but like I, there's like I can't even remember what they were about. There's though. just like not really any substance to it. It's more of like a very it's a pop culture character. Yeah. I know there was cartoon shorts in Japan, but like, that's you know, like it. Like, like you hear My Little Pony, you think, okay, it's about friendship. Yeah. Or Ninja yeah. Turtles, it's about, you know, brothers and ninja and stuff. And yeah. pizza. But, like, yeah, I don't think there really ever was a central anything to Hello Kitty other than just 
really popular characters and a store. I think everything just got tossed in the air at the moment, like, Uno was being made into a movie. It's like, if Uno's getting a movie, we could do anything now. And the funny thing is, um, the, 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 those posters that people made based on the, and the Chiefs and Ladders and Hunger, that, that, that came flying around this week, and everybody, these are amazing. And the one everywhere is like, oh, man, that, that Uno one looks amazing. That'd be kind of a cool thing. And that's when I have to chime to my friends. Yeah, they're actually doing an Uno movie, and they're like, they're doing what? <laughs> they're they, 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 they doing what now? I was like, yeah, there is an Uno movie. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see as time unfolds what um, Hello Kitty is going to bring to the table in terms of movies. I'm down as long as I get to see Karopi and Bats in the Room. Yeah. English. Okay. Take English. Karopi <laughs> is the cute little frog with the big buggy eyes. And Bats Maru is what looks like a very angry penguin. Yeah, with like the spiky the hair. Spiky hair. Yeah. I mean, none of that helps me, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and with that information, you forgot something else that was useful. Mm-hmm. Just like that. <laughs> one in and one out. Bam. Yeah, it, just, it took that place. It's like, I knew something was important. Now I know about this Karopi thing, and <laughs> I still don't even know what that is. <laughs> I have valuable information to share with people. <laughs> well, let me know when you share do. It. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I have to learn Moving on. Moving on. In the world of reboots of plenty, and Lord knows this month there was a plenty. I only picked on one to bring up. Uh, Mayim Bialik. Uh, you know, Big Bang Theory and the original Blossom is trying to get Blossom revived after many, 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 many failed attempts. Well, apparently, <laughs> well, <laughs> nice, good timing. Well, apparently now she's got an idea that she and the original creator uh, Dan Rowe are really, really happy with. Uh, but their big problem is now is trying to get it greenlit. So what they're doing is, or what Maya is doing, is she's learned through the power of how things work now, is she's taking to social media what? to try to get fans support. Yeah, she's taking to social media to try to get fans support to try to get uh, people behind, um, enough people behind the remove of Blossom, so then maybe some uh, studio will pick it up. So thought on the potential of Blossom returning, now that we've got Punky Brewster back and Lord knows what else. Well, I've Your always face. been a huge Jenna Van Oy fan, so I'm guessing that the, most of the holdup is the contract that Six is going to demand. Uh, she obviously needs to be the highest paid cast member on that show since she was the engine. So I'm, I'm, I, I, if you can do a Punky Brewster with that much um, advertising for it, because I, I never saw one episode of that show when it was on, but now it's like it's everywhere. So if they could bring Punky back, they can definitely bring Blossom back because that show is infinitely more popular. And the last point, Joey Lawrence went to my high school. That's it. Really? I was a uh, I, I graduated when he was in second grade. Oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. Small world. Whoa. <laughs> Dan did it better. Whoa. <laughs> he did. So I, I guess have a lot of things to... going for me. I got the woe for. <laughs> so I guess we'll have to tune in and see for you '90s kids if Blossom, in fact, makes a comeback. I do agree that the character of Six needs to be in it. She was very integral to Blossom's character, but... Loved her. With all of these rebooted shows, I do have to... Maybe it's just my old, bitter self here. But, I mean, in what world are all these people friends for that long of a period of time? I'm sorry. 
You're going to honestly <laughs> tell me that, like, the people, like, in Fuller House, you're honestly going to tell me that, that DJ and Kimmy Gibbler remained friends all through that entire time of their growing up, and then now that they're older, they're still friends? Fuck that! That doesn't well, happen in well, real life. Well, your friendships don't count. Well, that's playing off the original series, because in the original series, the, the John Stamos and the other two, they were friends when they were kids in elementary school. I know, but it, it, none of that's based in reality. Mine is. You're an anomaly. Well, we're talking about, but we're talking about TV shows. Fox, how many of them are based in reality? Yeah, right. That's true. Even when, we were, even when we were watching them, they weren't based in reality. Even back when it lived. And that's the best question. Like sometimes you go back and watch the shows you watched as a kid, and you're like, I liked this. Yeah. Why did I like this? This makes no sense. No, or whatsoever. like, or like, how often did I always say how like John Hughes fucked up? What I thought high school was in a. Oh place. God, did John Hughes warp our perspective of high school? I'm sure he messed up everybody's perspective of what no, high but school. You know is. that it is true. Like you know, you watch these TV shows and these movies when you're younger of things that are to come of like high school or this and that. And you're like, oh, this is gonna be so cool when it happens, and you get there and you're like. Uh. Well, I, the, the funny thing is, the same thing happened um, with me, literally, when I went to high school. I, I, I went to LaGuardia High School of the Arts, uh, mm-hmm. art major, you know, and, you know, that was our theme song, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That was yeah. the and I, see, and I thought and he was, that broke, out, broke out in song, like, every five minutes. That was the theory. Yeah. That was the theory of every new freshman going in or whatever. Like, there's going to be, like, a moment everybody's going to break out in the song. No. No. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> what? Oh, I love this one. Or, like, the hack, my hackers theory. Oh. When hackers had come out. Because I never ventured to New York much, if at yeah. all, while I was a teenager. So, hackers comes out. I'm obsessed with the movie. And I'm in this really <laughs> warped mind. I'm like, everybody in New York, every teenager in New York is like this. That is so cool. <laughs> and, like, you know, I tell him this, and he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Like, a couple of people, but no. Just walk, around, <laughs> just walk around the school going, Lord Nikon. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I had me, convinced, I could be a hacker. I didn't even have a computer. Like, <laughs> shit like that really fucks with you when you're younger and watch these things. But when I, I went to uh, see The Secret of My Success with my mom, uh, Michael J. Fox, and I just um, finished my first year uh college, and I saw that in the movie, and immediately, I'm going to move to New York, get a shitty apartment, and then work my way up into success. Meet a hot girl, work a good corporate business, everything. Yes. I said, oh, that's, that's my key. I'll move to New York, and that'll be it. And, nope. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> Move to New York. Got robbed. Got beaten. You know, came back to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, yeah. though? Like, I, I've told him this many times. We've had this conversation. When, whenever it comes to, like, anyone outside of New York, mm-hmm. for some reason, we're all led to believe we got to go to New York to make something happen. All yeah. the movies tell you that. Every single movie tells you. You want to be in music? Go to New York. You want to be a writer? Go to New York. Frank Sinatra. Frankie said it, right? Everything yeah. has to be in New York. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. all the music videos back then are telling you to run away to California. Yeah. Like, which is it? West Coast or East Coast? Which one is it? No wonder they hate each other. <laughs> I just like that Fisher Stevens is the bad guy in Packers. Riding yeah. the skateboard in. And he lived he was <laughs> living he was, yeah. he was living with Michelle Pfeiffer at the time. That's what that's really what I can't believe. 
I mean, I mean, he played somebody because he was also he also was in the Short Circuit movies too. Yeah, we don't talk about Short Circuit movies. We don't talk about that one. Oh, I love I love short. Well, I love Short Circuit. Short Circuit Two is fine. Oh, you shut your face! You either like Short Circuit Two or you're wrong. No disassemble. You either let's look, let's kick your ass. Let's Let's look, let's let's kick your your face. face. Let's look, let's kick your balls into outer space. He's also um, is he Iggy or Spike in the Super Mario Brothers? Fisher Stevens. Uh, oh, he, I remember he was in that. I don't remember which yeah, character. He's Ziggy or Spike. I can't remember which one. Which you is probably it. know, because you have always created the praises of that movie. I don't remember which one he's he was. He's currently on the blacklist on NBC. <laughs> ah, okay. But no, fantastic character actor and everything. Like, you know, he fits and, right into everything. And most importantly, he lived with Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, for a couple. <laughs> I, I will never get over that. Every time I look at Fisher Steven, it's like, he's got Michelle Pfeiffer. James Spader, who? Why did we just mention James Spader? Yeah, why? I don't know. Chance? I don't know. Did he date Michelle Pfeiffer? Did he date Michelle Pfeiffer? I mean, James Spader's a very good-looking man. Of course he did. But he's, he's no Fisher Stevens, though. Oh, Blacklist. I need more context for that in the chat. Yeah, when you when you chat stuff, we need context. You can't just put out random names. <laughs> Phil Collins, why now, Dan? <laughs> yes. I gotta I can't think of anything off the top. He, well, he was the voice of um, All he time. was the voice of. Oh my God! Why is everything escaping my brain? Who right are we now? talking about now? I just went, who's James? Spader? He said, "Who's James Spader?" Ultron. 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 Who said that? Yeah. Damn it! You know, this sounds like a great segue into what happened a few weeks ago. Honey. James Spader is the guy that replaced Steve Carell oh! in the office. Oh, what? the guy from Pretty in Pink. Yes, yeah, the guy from Pretty in Pink. There we go. Yes, that guy. Yeah, yeah, duh. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so this is a great segue. This is not on the list, but this is gonna happen. This is a great segue. It's something that happened a few weeks ago okay. while I was watching music videos with Damien. Mm-hmm. Honey, tell them the Blade Runner story. Oh, oh, yes, yes. I am so glad she brought this up. Please you guys tell me. It's, wait, please tell me the, if, if it goes where I think it's gonna go. Please. No, it is, this is great. Okay, so we're sitting, and we're watching gunship videos. You know, like we occasionally do, because we love the, we love the group gunship. And you know, they use a lot of like, electronic, and like, neon noir stuff and everything like that. So the video we're watching is using clips from like, Blade Runner and everything like that. And I'm only saying Blade Runner for a moment here. So, so she's thinking it's the old movie, which she's never seen. What? So she goes, uh, what's his name again? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. So she goes, wow, the original, well, she goes, wow, the actor from um, Blade Runner looks a lot like a much older, grittier Ryan Gosling. And I look at her as, everything's shaking her head. <laughs> and I says, I says, um, honey, Everybody knows the original was Harrison Ford. So she's like, who's this guy? I said, this is the sequel. There was a sequel. We covered it on our show when they were releasing it and talked about it being 30-some-odd years after the fact. And then you went, and that is Ryan Gosling. And I went, that is Ryan Gosling. And she just, you're going to tell Dan and Craig, aren't you? Yes. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We need to, you guys... You guys came up with the Spam Oreo Burger from my fat ass. This is what we need to do. 
We need to make a list of four things that each of us have mentioned on the show and promised each other we will watch them and talk about them at a later date. And one of those things is going to be both Blade Runners. I tried. Okay, I tried the second one. Couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. All right, well, the show's canceled. Uh, shutting it down tonight, everybody. Okay, good night, everybody. <laughs> I, I, could, I couldn't get through the, the I couldn't get through the second one. It was like, more as hell. God, the end is, you watch it in parts then, because the end is worth it. I agree. Well, you know, um, the, 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 the lead actress from, not Darahana, the, the brunette from the first one, she actually said, Sean Young actually recently said, like, like something about like derogatory, like kind of hating being in a movie because of the way the character was treated, and it was almost like pointless for her to I mean, be in it. She kind of, she kind of, he kind of rapes her, kind of. I mean, tell me you, tell me you want me to kiss you, tell me you want me to love you. It's like, uh, can you, can you ask, Mister Decker? Is it, you know? But nevertheless, yes. So, um, yeah, so she thought it was the original movie. I mean, let's not take everything Sean Young said with a grain of salt, because about a couple years later, she was crapping in the litter box on the desk of Tim Burton or something for the Batman Returns. So let's... Yeah. I heard about that. That's so that was, rather, just pull that one down. That was a true story. I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so she, yep, yep, yeah. Even though... I know most people that have never seen Blade Runner know who the lead actor is, and yes, yes, yeah. Uh, Some actor that looked like a much older, dirty, dirty and grittier Ryan Gosling. He did say dirty too, dirty and grittier Ryan Gosling. Good adjective. So sad. Anyway, (laughs) what's the youth of America? Uh, moving on, <laughs> moving on. All right, uh, quick little uh, news tidbits here, very very quick. For those of you waiting on the XFL, me, because I was actually enjoying it. The XFL, though saved by the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and like that, unfortunately will not be getting a season this uh, this year. They've pushed it back to 2022 because they are actually now in negotiations to expand the franchise by joining up with the CFL. What? Yes, and if you'd like to hear more about that, another podcast I produced called Stadium Journey Overtime talked about this and the likelihood or unlikelihood of what is going to happen if it's going to happen anyway. Yes. Plugging myself, sorry. In a a painful XFL-related story, again, me, my best friend, my best friend's wife, like, we got super into the XFL because it was, like, the new season was, the new showing was really good. The games were exciting. It was everything like that. The tickets were she told me like, dude, let's go to a game. We were gonna go to the New York Guardians game versus um what was the other good uh team that had like the super freaking quarterback? Anyway, the two top you know, the the top team that was in the XFL time. We had tickets. We had tickets. Uh-huh. Right freaking seats, like literally right behind the home team and everything. Mm-hmm. That was the week everything shut down and got canceled. Uh-huh. Oh, so you're talking about uh, to, uh, Tommy Maddox. He was with the uh, the Marauders, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, everything like got shut down that weekend and everything, so we didn't get the CD. Live. I I had a hoodie, I got a hat, I was ready to go, and I because I've never been to a live football game, so I was amped, I was excited, and never? shut down. Wow, never I'm been sorry. to a live uh, football game. No, I'm sorry, Damien. I've been to hockey. I've been to a, a hockey game live. Not the same. Oh yeah, it was uh, 
I think right. it was the Rangers it's, it's versus. Better. You're right. Correct. Yeah. I think it was the Rangers versus the Kings at that time. Okay. And the first 15 seconds, the fight broke out. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, already? Oh, <laughs> uh, and then also John Candy apparently in the house that night, mm-hmm. and he was wearing, you know, because he's Canadian, so of course he mm-hmm. was wearing, you know, the opposing team shirt or whatever the case may be, and the whole house starts going, Uncle Buck sucks, Uncle Buck sucks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, John Candy was also heavily involved in the CFL at one point too. Yeah, might I just say though he was across from me uh, in Madison's Garden when he was walking down the aisle, that was a very wide man. Yes, he was no, very he was, yes. wide. Dude. Speaking uh, from another fat person, there's a reason why he unfortunately. But he was tall. Like, he was tall too. Like he was yeah, really <laughs> tall. He was larger than life in uh, both ways. Yeah, he was a, he exactly. was a, a legitimate 300 pounder. Yeah. And his highest weight. <laughs> For at least the Burton Cut film with some scenes with Billy D. Williams and Harvey Dent. Oh, yeah. We need, yeah. I'm still mad Billy D. was not Two-Face in that third Batman movie, by the way. That's, I'll never get over that, and it does chat my ass. And all due respect to Lost Boys is Joel Schumacher. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one casting of all uh, right. Tim Burton's Batman that I actually like with Billy Dewey and the Target. Oh, he was he, uh, Billy D signed on because he's like, yes, and, and if we do later movies, you're going to be Two Face. He's like, you goddamn right. And I'm like, and then nothing. Unbelievable. Moving on for you Game of Thrones fans. Okay, so HBO House of Dragons, which you know is the prequel series that is set to come sometime next year. Um, they're saying it's going to be different from the early Game of Thrones seasons, and I'm going to read the paragraph why, and for those Game of Thrones watchers, especially us and you, especially, and anybody else, I would definitely like to get your insight on this. Okay, so Game of Thrones has been criticized for its depiction of sexual violence against characters, most often women, and the mm-hmm. series is also known to have a decent amount of nudity. Yeah. However, it seems times have changed, and the writers have taken note on how to better approach this scenario and to not make it all about degrading characters just to get viewers. Thoughts? Uh, thoughts? I think that's a noble effort. But when you are dealing with a fantasy world that is based off of not just medieval times, but off of what is quite literally called the War of the Roses, which was inspired with George R. R. Martin's inspiration for Game of Thrones, that's not exactly something you can gloss over because those were the times. It, it this, this retroactive thing is kind of bothering me. That's bothering me, right? Mm-hmm. Like off air, we talked about the the, the peacock editing uh, segments and, and Foxy. Next t- yeah, yeah. We'll get in. So we're going to get into that conversation more. So I'll let Foxy take it right back. I just the retroactive thing is kind of going to bother me. And I'm not talking about video games where, like on Battlefield, you can also be a woman soldier. That's not bothering me because it's still bloody violent and still depicting the horrors of war and what's going on. But literally, that's the way it was. Yeah. I, that's a weird. That's a weird bridge to try to die on, right? I, that one seems weird to me. I, I don't know. No, it is. It is weird because again. It's an unfortunate part of history. The unfortunate Mm -hmm. part of history, especially during, again, the the medieval days and, you know, all of that, Mm -hmm. which are, which is what fantasy movies and stories are largely based off of. That was the unfortunate mindset, you know, and again, it's a noble effort and it's a noble thing to do, but changing that 
will change the entire dynamic of the historical period you're talking about. It changes the dynamic of people, their motivations, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's, 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 it's weird. It's really weird. And then let's not forget the dynamic that we're talking about. They're going back to frequent with the Targaryens. The Which tar- was incestuous. Yeah, the, to keep the bloodline pure, it was an entirely incestuous family. Yes. To keep their bloodline absolutely pure. Mm-hmm. So, again, how are you going to tackle it? Yeah. And, I mean... Tackling these subjects these days is so iffy because what I'm about to say will make me not a feminist, but if you want to hear the definition of feminism, just hear Emma Watson talk about it because she talks about it so perfectly. But in series like Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. which were very female-centric and women at the front, it, it wasn't... The fact that so many people focused on the bad things that happened to the the women characters as opposed to how they fucking rose up yeah. from those situations instead, that's what bothers me. Because it's like, yes, characters were unfortunately raped and degraded, but the whole point of those characters was that they did not let those things define them. They did not submit to being a victim. They decided to say, fuck that. And, like, became the characters that they were. And no one's focusing on that growth, which is what we should be focusing on, mm-hmm. like, when it comes to women as a society now. Yeah, like, though one of my least favorite characters, Sansa. Yes. Sansa. Yeah. Arya. Like, look what they changed from and everything like that. Even though Arya was up, but, like, especially Sansa. Sansa yeah. was the biggest change from season one to the end. Sansa was huge. Yeah. And then the same thing, you know, regardless of how they ended, was, was Daenerys. Yeah. Like, like really? You know, like, they had a lot of strong female characters. Yeah, and it's like, again, so many people are focusing all, on all these bad things that female characters had to go through. But, again, look at the big picture of it. That's what we should be looking at as a big picture. That's what we should be teaching, the, you know, the, the younger girls and you know, women of the world, where it's like, don't let it define you. Fight mm-hmm. back against it all. Become a bigger person, you know. Damn the man, save the empire type of shit. And you know, like, though she was technically a, a villain, even Cersei. Yeah. Lost yeah. all her kids. Yeah. Her father. Everything like that. Rose up to take the crown, the whole, like, like, come on, who would have projected she would have taken the crown in season one? You know? Yeah, so that's, I don't know, that's, that's weird. That's, it's, again, it's not a matter, yes, again, I know it's fiction, but again, a lot of fantasy books and movies and such are based off of the reality that was medieval times and, and the Middle Ages, and that's, in a way, changing history, and the best part about history is even that it was shitty, you learn from, from it. it. You learn from it, yeah, exactly. And that, do it again, but if you're going to depict something historically, you have to depict it accurately. Like, if someone's going to make a movie about the 50s, you can't paint it with rainbows and, Everybody's and friends. there's no racism and there's no segregation. You know, you have to depict it as it was because there were certain mentalities and it, it's, you know? Unless it's happy, unless, and unless, yeah. unless it's happy days. See, and then the, that was... Unless a, it's and, happy days. 
Yeah, yeah, because we know in Milwaukee that none of that happened. None of there was no racism, there was no sexism. In fifties Milwaukee, there was a godlike creature that can turn on a jukebox with his fist and problems were solved in thirty minutes. And that's why those days were happy. <laughs> but I, but I, I totally understand what you're, you, you're exactly right, Fox. When if you're doing any historical piece, uh, because of our long, ugly history in this country, it's going to be bad. Um, if we're starting in the 1900s, um, you couldn't vote. I barely had my freedom. But if you're going to tell a feel-good story, you know, about something other than that, then you know. If you're not, then you have to focus on what was happening in 1901 and 1902 and how mm-hmm. the turn of the century wasn't the best time for for women or minorities. So um, yep. that, that's uh, one thing we have to deal with. That goes was going to go to my future point if we talk about uh, – when we talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier about the Isaiah Bradley character. But that's for a later time. Go ahead, Dame. All right, so then, so keeping the momentum going on the whole censorship and fixing things, everything like that, so WWE Network finally has made the transition to the Peacock. Uh, before the transition was done, there was already problems with streaming and all sorts of stuff and everything like that. And then now, because since they pretty much technically sold the library to them, they can do whatever the hell they want with it. And they basically, literally, on day one, have started it, Editing like crazy the in, the history of the WWE and everything else that goes on. There was even a meme that showed uh, like when people look up ECW, it's going to be a picture of RVD with like the two two belts, not, like well after ECW had died and he had like the WWE Championship and the new remade one. Like that's going to be the thoughts of what ECW was because they might erase everything like, like that. So of course they've 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 butchered and massacred the stuff with Mr. T and Roddy Piper, which got stuff like that that really put like WBF on the mainstream at that time. You know, like it ripped, popped it into everybody's face. Um, and of course there was the Piper Bad News Brown bit and everything like that. Oh. All that stuff, which actually there's a funny uh, uh, story from Piper about the aftermath of that and everything like that. But nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know the story. Uh, yeah, but like yeah, they're, they're editing out everything. So I know you guys have been waiting to touch on it. So yeah, so we're here. Here's the topic. Um, and obviously it's wrestling, so this might go for a little bit. So yes, w, uh, the peacock, the cock, butchering the WWF history and ECW history and their library history. Go. Go ahead, Dan. I'll, I'll oh follow. yeah, go to the white guy first. That's great. You've been waiting on this, so go for it. Chopping at the bit. So Listen, I'm still well. I'm still going back and forth with that guy on Twitter who's apparently now Syrian, not white, which makes him not racist. Apparently, <laughs> um, the uh, uh, the one that got cut today was the DX. It's DX blackface. It's blackface. It was the cool and down joke. It's gone. It's 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 gone. Oh my god, it was one of the most hilarious. Yeah, From, very, yeah, great, very funny. Fucking racist. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's blackface, man. And I'm not. I, I don't advocate censorship. Like these comedians that have to apologize for jokes on stage and the stuff that gets edited out of uh, content. I also, however, am not losing sleep over wrestling because um, I own the best of Raw and I could just watch it because all you motherfuckers that have been telling me to go to digital are in the dust now because I own that stuff. And now the WWE's got you by the ball. So how does that feel, morons? 
Uh, first of all, the very basic level, not you guys, you know what I mean. The very basic level. It is a racist sketch. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see how Craig feels about this because he's uh, very much old school wrestling. But we talk about guys like Sputnik Monroe and the Crow's Nest and why it was called that, which educated Italian white dude over here had no idea that was why it was called that. And other things. It is, at its heart, a racist sketch. So if NBC wants to save face, and Vince was like, give me a billion, and you can do whatever you want with the licensing. And I do want to say, um, d- uh, dudes at ringside, it's it's an exclusive license in the United States, not they don't own it. They own the licensing for however many years, just to clarify on what Damien said. So Because I think all over the rest of the world, it's still networking. Lucky them, huh? Yeah, right. Um, Anybody know a guy in the in in the England with a VPN? Um, so it's like we're we're screwed here. My opinion doesn't matter. No, I don't think here. I'll say it. I don't think they should remove the segments. It happened. We all know it happened. And the thing is, if you remember how it concludes, Farouk and them do come out on stage. Yes, and they and they do call them out for doing what they're doing. Right. So what? They were doing it, and then that's it. Like they actually had fruit come out, and that's that added to the feud of what they were doing. The betrayal of the nation is very unfortunate in the history of annals of wrestling because they were they were the they were the bad guys, and they were literally preaching what people are protesting on the street for right now. So it's that weird dichotomy thing where it's like it's of the time. No, I don't condone it. No, I don't support it. But we all know it's there. Deleting it doesn't make it go away. Deleting it makes it worse because you're going to see it pop up on Twitter. You're going to see it pop up on social media. You're going to see it shared all over the place, and it isn't going away. It's stupid. I do understand, even though I think blocking sex is really stupid, too. That's another conversation for another time. I understand why the network is going to do that because children watch anything and Parents can't do that parenting thing and just stick them in front of the TV. Uh, okay. And then they blame the TV show. Okay. I have no saying that I don't have kids. I don't I, I don't have no opinion. This is working for me. There you go. There you go. My mom almost took me to karate, and then she realized it was probably not a good idea for me to go to school with karate. <laughs> and she was probably right. So you want to talk about me? Come on. <laughs> um. But this is where we are. Like, I'm pit- I was an ele- – okay, this is why I'm mad about the whole thing. When the WWE Network announced this was happening, right, and this the Streisand effect, Jim Spector said, they still have the WWE Network if you live outside the U.S. Exactly. Um, so power to the tape traders. There's the other thing. MST tape trading is going to be coming back. You watch. People are going to be looking for those DVDs. You can find this stuff on eBay. You're going to pay a hefty price now. Even more hefty than it was when the network existed. Are you kidding me? I ain't never letting go. My the uh, the first no. best. I am not letting no. that go. I still I got, got the Nitro. I got the WCW Nitro calendar tape. Thank you very much. I got the best. <laughs> I got the best of Brian Tillman that they released. Oh, no, that's not going anywhere. Can't talk about weird. that. It is. We are at this weird thing where people are figuring out how to be better, but we're leaving it in the hand of millionaires, and they don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't really care until a sponsor pulls a sponsor. Yeah, take, take, taking it away doesn't fix it. You no. Know, it doesn't fix it. It's still there. 
I'm still bad at the WWE Network for – okay, so I'm on – I'll tell you the exact date I'm on. I'm on September 5th, 1992 in my chronological viewing of the WWE Network, which is now all gone because they migrated it, and I don't know what's going to get released. They said maybe August. You guys be mad about losing blackface. I'm going to be mad about uh, <laughs> losing my <laughs> um, – just a comment. I did tweet. Because in the grand scheme of things, when we get down to it, it is a racist sketch. I don't care either way. But as a joke, I tweeted, oh, you guys are mad about losing blackface. Uh, I'm just going to take notes on how many people that offends. (laughs) And, of course, one guy decided to jump on. And now he's – well, actually, we were going at it. I told him to have a good night or not. I don't care. And he's still replying to the tweet. So and then he then he immediately reverted to being the tough guy and wanted to fight me because that's what you do when you don't have a good point is you want to fight somebody. <laughs> it's like, listen, <laughs> punching me in the face doesn't make me wrong. It just means you punched me in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's stupid. I mean, there's a lot of it's like. Like you start thinking about the like the stuff that we saw growing up and everything, stuff that like the Horsemen did, Piper's Pit. Oh my God, take your pick. You know, I mean, what, the the coconut the coconut thing with him and Snooker. You know, the what did he call what he called Bruno? He called him a dirty. What did he call him? A, oh, a, I don't remember. Craig a, probably remembers. Yeah, a dirty uh, uh, wet online pussy. Yeah. The thing is, um, and you you brought up Damien the what Piper did in the eighties and in the eighties, um. There was plenty of, of race baiting. Listen to Jesse Ventura's commentary. Oh my God! During a Tito Santana match, where he called him Chico Santana, um, and he learned that move swinging tacos. Yeah, he learned that move swinging tacos down in Tijuana, or how he referred to Coco Beware in every single match as buckwheat. Okay. Um, I forgot about that. Oh, Coco I, didn't. I didn't, and neither did Coco. Um, right. Yes. At the end of this explanation, please tell me how that sketch made you feel. I I laughed at it because of the of the characters involved, because I was invested in DX and Farouk. Exactly. At the same time, I said, "Well, the only reason they're doing this is because they got the okay from Mark Henry, Ron Simmons, D'Lo, and Al." And because of how the, mm. the sketch ended. Because if they went into business for themselves, they wouldn't have gotten out three words before their asses were kicked individually and collectively. I was going to say, nobody's taking into the factor that the three guys get parodied could easily have killed any of those dudes. Yeah. Well, like, so, so D-Lo. D-Lo was, D-Lo was tough. Well, maybe D-Lo. Yeah, but, yeah, but Mark I mean, Henry, Ron Simmons and, and Mark Henry the by themselves. Yeah could have, you know, kicked all of their asses individually and collectively. But that's what unnerved me, Dan, because it, they they were okay with that sketch. Because uh. they had to get their okay in order to, for them to do that and say, hey, I'm going to dress up in blackface and I'm going to say this and that. So that's what that's what disturbed me, that it, that it they that they were okay with it because of it was forwarding their, their feud and forwarding the, the program. Well, you mm-hmm. get you want to get rid of it yeah, that's that's cool. Um, and, but like I agree with everything you said. People are gonna find it anyway, and you can't get rid of. You also can't get rid of it because it happened. But the the biggest thing I'm hearing from people that have Peacock now is the biggest problem that I would have a problem with that I I'm already. Uh, 
if you start watching the WWE on Peacock, you can't stop it, pause it, or fast forward it. You just once you pick a show, or it just goes on, and that fucking sucks. Yeah. Oh well, I'm already tapped out. Fuck the racism. I'm done with yeah. this. So yeah. So even if you wanted to see it, you couldn't stop it or anything or pause it or you know make a point about it because it just keeps going. So I don't now, and my my biggest problem with it's not even of taking out the racism, Dan and Dan, it's you couldn't have fixed that problem. You couldn't have waited a year to maybe fix all the bugs on it, so you can make it. And it's not even all the the and all the content isn't even on the peak is on Peacock yet. None of the Mid South stuff, none, none of the Mid Atlantic stuff, none of the territories, world class isn't on there. It's all just WWE. Like, seriously, what are they going to do when they get into ECW? Like, what are they going to do when they get into ECW? Like, oh, oh my God. They just, they just pulled the trigger. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the Peacock weighs a whole bunch of money in front of WWE. They said, okay, we'll take it. It's like, why not wait a year? Why not Why not wait until you have all this figured out? Because, But there's such a rush to get WrestleMania on Peacock this year. You know, when you're you're not even guaranteed even half of what you could get as far as audience goes, so why not just wait until you get all these bugs? Yeah, and, it, out? I, and in terms of the WrestleMania, like originally, because remember the tickets were supposed to go on sale, and everybody's like, "What the hell? What's taking so long?" Mm-hmm. Then they finally were about to do it, and like they were trying to do the largest crowd. This is Vince McMahon. They were trying to do the largest crowd ever with like forty six thousand seats available. Mm-hmm. Which was like double what like the Super was allotted for the Super Bowl and everything like that. Yeah. And then everything went. Then they removed it. And then they cut it down to like half. It was like okay, that's not feasible or anything like that. Like that was the other thing too. It's like, dude, <laughs> it's like, yeah. What more do you want? What more do you want right now? Nope. We have this. We're we're living in this weird society where. And if anybody wants to knock me off my soapbox, be go right ahead. As I speak from my. Uh, uh, well acknowledged place of of, of Whitey. Um, <laughs> we live in this weird uh, sect of uh, weird point of time where if you were black, a woman, gay, um, any other race than white, you were uh, society. You were lower in society. Period. Fact. Uh, what's the line from Danny Elfman? White white folks think they're at the top. Ask any proud white male. Million years of any evolution, we get Danny Quayle. <laughs> um, and those that have been held down and marginalized and pushed around physically and verbally since the beginning of time are fucking tired of it. And they have loud, lar- they have larger and louder voices because of the internet, and they're now being heard. It was never okay to do this shit. Oh, it was accepted because that's because we said so, <laughs> and it's not allowed anymore. Okay, and I, I wish you could all see Craig and and Damien's reaction. And and when you say things like this, you get pushed aside as a curmudgeonly social media, uh, um, social justice warrior. God forbid I want everybody in their own skin and their own sexuality to feel fucking comfortable around each other. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, sir, that that makes me angry. 
but we live in this really weird time where people that have been pushed around are being like, no, I'm done. I'm done with it. Today is Trans Visibility Day. I saw so many people who have been kind of quiet about shit hashtagging all over the place. And I hope it bothered people because that's your problem, not theirs. Um, And the weird thing, and this encompasses all races, all sexualities, all creeds. The one thing that I, and I worded it incorrectly the first time, and uh, Veronica liked the first version of the post I posted, and I changed it, where I said a variation of, you don't have to agree or disagree, you don't have to agree or like it, you just have to accept it. No, it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree. This is the way people feel. This is the way people are or live or, like, Craig has no choice. He's born black. Don't know if you know that. (laughs) You don't have to accept it. Not our fucking problem. You have to just get along with everybody now. And that is going to trickle down into pop culture to where the corporate people are going to step in who think they know because we allow them to control it and let them know and think they let they know. Erase shit that we like. Erase shit that we think is funny. My favorite band, Genesis, has one. And I don't mention it on purpose because I don't feel like fucking dealing with it. <laughs> but we're going to mention it one time on the music podcast on purpose where I'm going to be like, listen, this is bad. <laughs> it just was. It was funny in 1983. It ain't fucking funny anymore. And it's not acceptable. And that's just the way it is. I'm off my mm-hmm. hot now. And if anybody, if I said anything that the three of you disagree with, please tell me now. I don't think I'm saying anything outlandish or crazy off the wall when I just say if somebody's different than you, they're fucking bad. I'll shut up now. Yeah. And, and the only thing I will say is that illegal alien by Genesis God damn on it. my iPod. Yeah. God damn it, Craig. I said, no bitch. There's a song. The song's called Illegal Alien. They all dress up like their idea of Spaniards, as they say. That is the incorrect word. I'm saying it like them on purpose. Hispanic yeah. people, and they do a whole song about trying to cross the border. Fuck terrible 30 years later. It's yeah. really bad. And I'm just like, I'll skip that one. I'm skipping it. <laughs> And they, they never they, happened. They, they sing it in a Mexican accent. Oh yeah, Phil does the whole da 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 thing. My feelings so good. I'm like fuck. Yeah. God damn it. And the video is even worse. <laughs> Son so, of a bitch. Yeah, but yeah, it's still on my iPod. I um, always ask Kelly. I was like, Kelly, is this parody or racist? She goes, it's both. Like, God damn it. Shit. <laughs> 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 right. But I agree with everything. Well, that is that. That. So it's going to be interesting to see what the peacocks are going to Damien, hold on. Just to close this out, after my rant, Jersey Danny, Jersey Danny's going to bring it back down. <laughs> let's remove all the non-PG content of the WWE Network. However, let's have a docu-series about John Wayne Gacy. That'll do it. Wow. That'll do it. Touche. What a point. Look, the, the, the only problem I have with the Peacock is how far are they going to go as far as all of it is concerns because let, let's be honest here we all know wrestling is based off of stereotypes period mm-hmm. that's what it was that's what it is mm-hmm. you know you can look at any people that are on today and it's still largely their characters are largely based off of a stereotype of something or some race or some gender okay it's just a matter of what are they going to get rid of that some 
teenage kid could possibly watch that might be a thing for them to go, I want to do that. And I at least I don't I don't say that from more of the race standpoint, but more of they're going to look at a lot of the stuff that's sexist. There was a lot of stuff that was sexist back then, but a lot of that sexist stuff was what made me go, I can fucking do this. Beulah versus Bill Alfonso. Like, I don't even think that's going to make it anywhere near the peacock. See, if we're talking about racism or sexism, that's a woman beating the fucking shit out of a dude. Why do we lose that? Because of blood? Yeah. Because intergender wrestling. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, I forgot Jim Cornette. Violence on women. Violence on women. Even though that one technically doesn't because it falls into an intergender loophole that I try to tell people exists. But what do I know? I only wrestle during that point in time in history. If they're going with the violence against women thing, they should ban any Sam McCallahan content for WWE NXT archives. I went there to kiss my ass Sam McCallahan. That's my Sam McCallahan kiss my ass moment of the week. But you, but you see my point. Oh, no, you're, you, you got a valid, you got a wonderful point. Are you kidding? <laughs> Although, on a more hilarious note, I would love to be in that production room when <laughs> It may young giving birth to a hand. I would love to see those hey, people. Hey, can we lose this because it's stupid? Like I would just love to see their reactions if they didn't know about it existing or if it's their first time watching. For them to come across it and just be like. <gasps> Part of me was kind of hoping that they're. Uh, I'll read that in a minute, dudes at ringside. It's a very great uh, uh, comment there. Uh, Part of me is hoping that somebody comes across the sable stuff and goes. We're losing this because it's too sexist. She's really bad. We're gonna lose it because it's sex. Sucks. We're gonna. Lose, we're gonna. Um. Yeah, I don't care. Sable, good. She had big tits. It's wonderful. Um. The Fonz that didn't have godlike powers that night. Uh. Dudes at ringside says, "Are they going to get rid of Kerwin White?" Uh, they should. They should. And, uh, Although I'm, I'm pretty hypocritical because I'm for uh, racism against white people and parody because that makes me laugh. Well, and the and thing with Kerman White, it didn't get that long of a shelf life because unfortunately it uh, he was right in the middle of it when uh, when Eddie died. Yeah. So they immediately scrapped it. Thank <laughs> God that pulled him over yeah. the other side. Gene yeah. uh, Spector says, have you seen that interview with Chavo where he wanted to see how far he was going to go with it? The, I don't doubt that that was Chavo who grew yeah. up sh- – Grew up at Guerrero, going. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna twist the knife and see how far I go with this shit. See how they like it. Cause or yeah, or the the Mexico with the uh, oh, the lawnmowers, uh, psychosis and Not lawnmowers yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, super crazy. Yeah. Listen, uh, nobody's perfect, like I said, but we we have to. We're gonna have to figure out as a society what's okay, you know. As this is this is how it's gonna be for a while until society figures out. Hey, going forward, let's all agree agree that going forward we treat everybody a little better. Yeah. And uh, this was in the past, so we should just leave it there. I mean, there's a, I mean, this can go on, you know, Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter, all that. So come on, like, there's like a bunch of stuff we can go on and on about. <laughs> Push it. Yeah. So anyway. Is that you know, we gotta wait and see how much they're gonna butcher the annals of wrestling history, and then we can t- watch everybody nerd rage about it that loved it. <laughs> but to bring it back, bring some levity back to the show, back to a happy topic. Moving on to the next. Thing. Oh, I'll find something to be angry about. 
Well, March 26th in Boston, well, it would pass. March 26th in Boston is actually known as Leonard Nimoy Day, and everything like that. And it was actually announced what they're going to be doing is they're going to be getting uh, in front of their museum, the Boston Museum of Science, there's going to be a 20-foot Star Trek-themed um, Spock statue in front. And the general consensus, the general message behind it is live long and prosper. And per, like, Leonard Nimoy's, Nimoy's uh, children was, that was actually something he genuinely believed in in his life. And like that. So to honor Leonard Nimoy and Leonard Nimoy, there, there is actually a 20-foot Spock statue coming to Boston. Boston of all places, huh? Okay. Yeah. I'm cool with Leonard Nimoy getting the statue. Leonard Nimoy is awesome. Exactly. Yeah, and like I said, the point is, like, you know, live long and prosper was, like, the big thing and everything like that. And then given everything we were just talking about, not a bad message. Not a bad message right now. Craig, Craig. I was going to say, is, it gonna, is the statue going to be outside of the uh, Three Men and the Baby Directorial Museum dedicated to Leonard Nimoy? <laughs> Listen, Leonard Nimoy directed two good movies, Star Trek Four and Three Men and a Baby. And then he was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> what else do you need? You know, those, are, those are two classics of the time. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Star Trek Four as a whole. You get that rid of that one scene we're talking about. Never mind. <laughs> it's a good movie. All right. I'm a Trekkie nerd, so I'm I'm fucking I'm all for this. I um it's still weird. Uh amongst my friends you're still now a Star Trek fan means you're so I'm not allowed to be, and I'm mean, I don't give a shit. I don't care. This show's great. Uh, Shatner's going into the Hall of Fame, WWE yeah. Hall of Fame. So sign me up for that. I always try to convince people. People are like, "Is he serious with this Rocket Man thing from years ago?" I'm like, "No, he gets. No, it's Shatner. He gets it. He's doing it on purpose. He knows the joke. He's God. in it. He knows he's Shatner. He his Twitter's very interesting because people come after him all the time." And he's Bill Shatner. He doesn't give a fuck. And it's, I, I, w- I hope to get to the point where I don't give a fuck that less than I do now. Because I kind of don't give a fuck now. But then later I'll be like, what did you say about me? But Shatner's on a whole other level. Oh, Shatner's 90. He does, does not care. I'm Captain Kirk, assholes. <laughs> exactly. Which, that story leads into our first of two WTFs. And the last tidbit I have before we get to the main stuff is this month in history. All right. Yeah. <laughs> she, she just saw it. <laughs> so first, WTF. Detroit um, is getting a – well, they've completed. They're crowdfunded. It was crowdfunded. It was something that started back in 2011. It's finally been completed like that because of a whole slew of problems. But Detroit is uh, – two artists have finally completed their crowdfunded RoboCop statue. What? Now, in 2011, they had, like – they had all these deals, like potential places of where to put it. You know, RoboCop tri- triggers me, by the way. Oh, hey, so it gets a little better. So, you know, because when you think Detroit, you think, you know, the, the most, you know, like Spock, you think RoboCop. You know, because he stands for something great. Uh-huh. But anyway, now this thing came in, like, once it was done, like, they raised well over $67,000 over the years to try to make this thing. Which ran as, and again, they had different potential spots. So this thing clocks in. At um, freaking two tons. It is two tons of statue. Uh, and we started in 2011. I forgot. I forgot to get it how tall it is. It's massive too. It's like oh yeah, yeah. It's eleven. It's an eleven foot two ton 
statue of, of RoboCop adorned in, like, a gold look and everything. It's completely gold. But now that it's finally done after this all this time, because of all the financial troubles and COVID and everything like that, all the potential spots they, they had are now gone. So they have nowhere to put it. This entire – and mind you, this was something that was crowdfunded from 2011 till now to get finished. That's – this is what people put their money towards. Really? Yeah. In the city really? of Detroit, they put money towards that? And then they wonder why – and the funny thing is, it is it, due to all the financial problems and everything they've had, they have no place to put the statue. But apparently the people of Detroit – can put money in for a little statue. I want to hear. I have, a, I have an idea. We can bring this back. We can bring this back to wrestling. Put it next to a statue of Sting. <laughs> but I uh, yeah. So a, 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 an area that is stricken with financial problems and everything like that. They, the, the people put their money into an eleven foot, two ton RoboCop statue, <laughs> and now they have no place to put it. We really need to stop allowing. <laughs> we really need to stop allowing crowdfunding things for stupid shit like that. So, so, but Detroit still doesn't have clean water, though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's clean water, or you know, an economy. They can't even compose themselves because how stupid this is. Dude, dude. Okay, whenever somebody brings up Detroit, okay, the Red Wings. The Red Wings built. I don't know within the last three or four years this mega. Huge, state-of-the-art, worth probably more money than Amazon. I'll get the figure in a second of how much it costs to build this arena. To replace the old Joe Louis Arena in the center of Detroit, well-documented financial infrastructure clusterfuck Detroit. And I'm talking about the city. I am not commenting on the people of this Detroit. I'm talking about how shitty that city is treated. And built this huge, overpriced, overbearing, gorgeous hockey arena that nobody can afford to go to <laughs> in Detroit. Nobody go well, the team sucks, so nobody wants to spend that money. But nobody can get in there because they've priced themselves out of anybody who is a casual hockey fan or a low-income hockey fan of even sniffing the front door. And they spent money on a RoboCop statue that they can't even put anywhere. Put it in the stadium. Put it in the stadium. Put it in the stadium. Nobody, nobody, they got plenty of room in there with the seats that are empty. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. It was just that everybody was dressed as We can hear Craig chuckling as this is going on. <laughs> so, thoughts, Craig. What should they do with this RoboCop statue? Everything <laughs> you guys ever... Stricken area. Everything you guys just suggested is better than... You know, than anything, you know, you could have done. I, I mean, obviously, you know, they don't need clean water. Obviously, they don't need an affordable stadium to house their hockey team. What they do need is a tribute to a fictional character. Now, I understand. An 11-foot gold RoboCop. Gold RoboCop. Now, I understand that I, coming from a place, I'm in Philadelphia, where we have our own statue of a fictional character, but Rocky was more of a symbol. And more of a lifestyle and part of the everyday pop culture and American lexicon. Whereas Robocop was a cult film that found a life of its own through fans' DVDs and VHS recordings and VHS tapes. And why it's synonymous with Detroit and not New Detroit from the actual movie Robocop still baffles me. But uh, 
it's the whole thing, everything you suggested do. Put that – if you have no – you spent all that money on that 11-foot monstrosity, you have no place to put it. Put it in a stadium that no one goes to anyway. No one's going to see it, and no one's going to care. Or just melt it down and, you know – Sell it for money for low-income houses that they can't afford because, you know, we're not allowed to take care of it. Eh, Never mind. Wrong show. Never mind. No, I didn't say anything. Well, let me get the number on this arena here. By the way, it's called Little Caesars Arena. Oh, sponsorship, folks. No, to be fair, the owner of Little Caesars also owns the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. It costs... Oh God! Nine hundred nine hundred thirty-two million dollars. Jesus! Oh, uh, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I just you see, why I mean, you see why I say the things I say. Like that doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't. The Robocop thing makes no sense. How much money was raised for that? Oh, oh, uh, almost sixty-eight thousand dollars. I can't even raise twenty. I mean, think I, I do. I mean, I, 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 I'm out. And apparently, at some point, it still wasn't enough because apparently, to make this thing, it was super expensive. I don't see how beginning was made, but whatever. I mean, Robocop's okay. It's a cool, it's a fine movie. Sixty-eight thousand dollars? That's statue worthy. No. What the fuck? Oh, uh oh, parents are parenting. Parents are parenting. Uh-oh. We got the visual on it. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's what post that? That's what I saw. Also, just a note to Danny. Uh, I was already looking up the information and something else, so you yelling in the chat to look at the chat when I'm not looking at the chat is very funny to me. I apologize. Danny put the number of the uh, the uh, the arena cost in the chat, and I missed it because I was looking it up because I was trying to do inflation math. Uh, all right. And then our second WTF. Um, shrimp tails were allegedly found. No, I'm not doing that stunt. I hate shrimp. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> He's already stopping me. Not doing it. Uh, shrimp tails were allegedly found in a box of uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Writer, comedian, producer um, Jensen Karp uh, went viral not too long ago sharing his pictures of what looked to be like dried up, gross shrimp bits and everything like that. You know, like shrimp tails. Yeah. Uh, of course, General Mills jumped on it in social media and that. And, and um, basically, according to them, you know, they, they further looked into it. They further looked into it, and their comment was, after further investigation with our team that closely examines the image, it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can, occur, that it can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended. We assure you there is no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp. But although when he emptied the bag to show, there was like a bunch of them in there. <laughs> Gross. So yeah, I see. I see Greg just crossing his guys going, crossing arms going, "What the hell?" Yeah. So there was that. Shrimp tail. The number two. Cinnamon toast crunch. 
Well, General Mills is claiming it was like just unblended cinnamon. Un- 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 See, no, 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 because I recall seeing this story, but I also recall seeing this story along with a headline saying it's not the first time that this has happened. Mm. It's not the first time they it's found shrimp tails in a breakfast cereal. Yeah, believe it or not. It's just, it went viral this time. And also, again, because, you know, we're talking about a writer, comedian, and producer calling it out on social media. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I so mean, it would probably grab more attention than the average Joe Schmo like us. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, do they make Cinnamon Toast Crunch by the sea? I mean, is the, the, the warehouse, like, on an ocean front somewhere? I mean, I just don't understand how this happens. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, according to General Mills, it's not, it's not shrimp, according to that. Okay. But I look at it. It looks a lot like cinnamon covered shrimp. <laughs> but like, okay, for for them to put a statement out, they could either how do you just oh that's not shrimp? Well then, what the fuck is it? To for that to be your go to, it's well, not like you catch your kid doing something. Oh, that wasn't me. Well, well the best part is they 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 explored it further based on the pictures that he posted. That's how they explored it further based on the pictures he posted. I'm going to see if I can pull up that. No, that's the weird. Hey, can I side tr- sidetrack real quick while you guys are looking that up? Just to, I was talking to our friend Dean Dixon on Twitter about the um, oh, uh, Dean. Uh, our previous discussion, and um, he he thought I was because I tweeted what I tweeted for a chuckle. I don't know if anybody thinks I'm not the above average comedian. It's a fucking joke, guys. Um. But he goes, well, you're, you, my answer to your tweets is going to make you angry. I said, no, it's not because we just discussed it on the show. I don't care if it stays in. It, it's, it was funny at the time. It blah, 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 blah. Everything we mentioned, I said in the tweet. And then he mentioned, this was very interesting. We had a discussion about, oh, we should also remove Katie Vick and all this other stuff. And he replied, and this was important to the conversation is why I'm mentioning it, that Disney Plus – as a much better way of acknowledging the past than the WWE did. And it also connects to Warner Brothers, because we have the entire Warner Brothers Golden Collection here at the house. Mm-hmm. Not everything's on there, because some of it's been lost, and also, some, like, there's one or two of Warner Brothers, like, nobody needs to really see that again. But at the beginning of every cartoon, there is a disclaimer. And just like that, on Disney+, Plus, there is a disclaimer acknowledging the and. Ent- the antiquated uh, references mm-hmm. and that this was of the time and a message of unity. You know, we, we move on. We should all as a society move on from this. Here's the uh, content that's full uh, version. Don't know why NBC Universal and WWE, the billion-dollar conglomerate clusterfuck that that is, can't figure that out. But Dean made a great point. I just wanted to shout that out. Disney Plus goes, here it is. Our bad. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Disney puts the disclaimers on the on the, uh, the parent version of it, and they just don't have it on the profiles that are aimed at for kids, which is huge. Yeah. Telling me, hey, have a talk with your kids about mm-hmm. this. If it comes up, have fun. But, oh, no, making a graphic like that for free on Canva is just too too much common sense for other companies to do. All right, guys. So, as you see, I just – Message you guys the photos for you to zoom in for yourselves. Yeah. She saw them already now. So everybody can take a look at them and tell me, what do you think that cinnamon or that looks like shrimp? Because to me, that looks like shrimp. Yeah. I just thought, yeah. 
It's shrimp. Like shrimp Hold sales. on a second. Hold shrimp on a sales. second. Woo! Every day they're out there making shrimp tails. Woo! Yeah, yeah. so what do you think? Those are oh, definitely... Yeah. shrimp tails. Those are the things that I throw out when I'm done eating shrimp. And I put them right in my cereal box. So that's exactly what it looks like. Uh, nope. Yeah. No, it looks like shrimp to me. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's definitely shrimp. <laughs> but no, according to General Mills, it's what happens when things aren't blended. Well, according okay. to General Mills, kissed my ass. It looks like <laughs> shrimp. According to General Mills. And he gets investigated via his photos. Okay, but wait, if that's something that's not blended, then what was it supposed to be unblended? A cinnamon stick? Yeah. Cinnamon sticks like- don't look like that. Yeah, unblended ingredients. They said unblended ingredients. Wasn't there a chicken head found in the chicken nuggets once? That's not where I thought that sentence was going. <laughs> Ever so spiffy said shrimp a toast crunch. Very good. Very nice. Very nice. I like yeah, that one. Very nice. Yeah. And those are our two WTS. But I'm going to close it out with something I've never done before. I got something special, and it works out because it's the last day of the month. What? We're going to do. Yes, we're going to do this month in history. This month in history. This month in history. Oh, the wrestling historian version two. This month in history. Technically. March 9th. On March 9th, 1990, (laughs) a young Craig Lagans was on MTV's remote control. Fucking knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. What? (laughs) You're my hero. Oh, you're mine. She's been dying to hear this story. I so I, she's been dying to I hear this. was obsessed with that show. She's got, I the, she's got the DS. She's got the Nintendo the, game. I have the Nintendo game. I would answer all of the questions. I watched it obsessively and religiously because I wanted to be on that show when I got older, but it didn't happen, obviously, because the show was gone. So you were like my hero, and I saw that. Really? I squeal. I did. Really? Oh, my gosh. Well, Fox, Veronica, because you are my favorite. I'm going to give you carte blanche right now. You I just want to tell me. you, he, he, he tells me I'm his favorite when you're not here, by the way. And I tell Damien that he's my favorite when we're alone. You son uh, of a bitch. I can tell you the story of when I auditioned, when I went down to New York University. I can tell you the story of when I met Adam Sandler. He was the first person I met when I got to the studio. And Or I can tell you the story of the 25-year journey it took me to find that show because it was gone. Wow. <laughs> so I, 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 will take you, I will take you through it. Now, you saw the episode, right? You saw it on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, to everyone listening on our uh, Nerd Herders podcast, if you've heard this story before, I do apologize. But I'm indulging um, my favorite authoress. Uh, Veronica Vargas, Foxy Foxy. So here we go. Like you, Fox, I watch remote control religiously. And like you, I got every single question right. You know, for every show, every every question right. And at the end, they show a little 1-800 number. And I finally called. And I got through. And they said, okay, we're having auditions uh, November 1989, forget the date, in New York University. I was the first one there. And uh, they had a little sign on in front of this auditorium, remote control auditions. 
And some people were coming and some people weren't, but the the handlers, the people at MTV were asking people, hey, you want to come in? You want to be on remote control? And some were like, eh. Other people were like, sure, well, okay, why not? That was like me in high school. Some of us were coming, some of us weren't. Yes. It's going to be drop-in from Dan throughout this whole No, I'm story. done. No, I'm done. I couldn't I could resist that one. I'm done. It's all yours, buddy. So when um, I got in and they gave us a written test on pop culture stuff and, and the, the questions were like, how many Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are there? Uh, what's Dorothy's last name in The Wizard of Oz? That type of deal. Um, who was the opening band for Rolling Stones Steel Wheel Tour? That kind of stuff. And it graded on a curve and everyone – and they will read off the names of the people that passed or got enough right answers and um, they will – bring me down for a uh, a mock game show to try it out because they'd have, they had three little chairs set up for as a contestant and when they call you down there they'd uh, we'd do a, a, a mock game. Now beforehand they give you training, Fox. They have, you have to be trained on how to ask questions. So like they, everyone has a little remote a dummy like old school you know big remote so when you ask a question like when you ask the host Ken Ober when it's your turn, can I have Channel 4, Ken? You have to have a big, sweeping gesture. I'll take Channel 4, Ken. I'll take Channel 5, Ken. So if you look at us, we look like a, a bunch of, uh, like one of those old kamikaze pilot training films, just rows of arms going back and forth. Each, me, son, she. So um, it was just crazy like that. So when they called my name down and uh, I was, got to sit down, we did a mock game show, and just like, I did when I was watching it at home in my bedroom, got every question right, and they said, okay, thank you. And then I left, and they said, we'll contact you if you're going to be on the show. They called me December 23rd, 1989. You're going to be on a remote control. We need you at this studio at 8 a.m. on this date, on December 23rd, 1989. The studio that MTV's remote control was shot on was on the corner of Help Me and Oh My God, I'm Not Kidding, Please Help Me. One of the worst neighborhoods in the Lower East Side of Manhattan I've ever seen. Now, I, I stay with my aunt and uncle. They live in Teaneck, New Jersey, which is like 20 minutes outside of New York City. And she didn't even want to drop me off. She said, are you sure this is where you need to be? And I said, uh, my, this is the address they gave me in the building's right there. She said, okay, but be careful, really. And there were no cell phones back then, so I couldn't tell her. I couldn't call her and say, oh, my God, I'm being mugged, or, I'm, you know, this is the last time I'll ever see you. But I saw white people going in, so I knew I was safe. Um, <laughs> sorority girls and everything, because all the, every, there was 12 of us, um, three contestants per show. We were, we were shooting four shows that day, um, and people brought their sorority sisters, their frat brothers, and all their, you know, friends. And were like, yeah. I came by myself just because I didn't want – anyone to know I was doing just in case I, it was a huge embarrassing failure for me. I'm sitting there by myself, and this guy walks in, and everyone's calling him Stud Boy. Hey, Stud Boy. Hey, Stud Boy. And I look up, and he goes, hey, how you doing? I said, hey, good to see you. Adam Sandler just walks by, takes the elevator, goes up, shake his hand, say, good to see you, man. Hey, good to see you, too. That was it. Uh, then we're, we have to wait. Uh, and we're there all day from like 7 a.m. to like 6 at night. And the, wow. handler, tell, the handler tells you, okay, um, I'm just going to yell out your names. Uh, we're shooting four shows today, so if I call out your name, you're, and I'll tell you what show you're going to be on. Okay, so everyone just be ready. We're going to 
keep you in this little lounge here, but just be ready when I call you, when I say your name, and tell you what show you're going to be on. And this dude, Frank, says to the handler, I don't care what show I'm on. I just don't want to be on the same show as this guy. And he points to me. And apparently Frank was in the New York audition with me, and I didn't see him. But Frank didn't want to be on my show. So <laughs> we're there for a while, and then we're, I'm on the third show. And by this time, we've been going back and forth. We've been eating lunch, and there's another room where you can just watch MTV because MTV was all music videos back then. And you can ask – or you can watch the show that's being the show before you or the, the show after you. Um, you just get free reign. And uh, we can't, and uh, Frank was in the bathroom, and the handler came back and said, okay, show number three, Hetty, Craig, Frank, okay, be ready. Frank comes running back in because he missed it, and he goes, did they say what show we were on? I said, did they, say, did they, did they announce the next show? And I said, yeah. He goes, am I going to be in the next show? I said, yeah. Are you going to be in the next show? And I said, yeah. He goes, fuck! So... <laughs> As you, and if you watch the episode with me and Frank, it wasn't Frank's day, and uh, I ran the table, um, got to meet Adam again, and Colin Quinn, uh, Dennis Leary uh, was on my show, and um, won everything except got one question wrong for the whole show, and that question cost me a trip to uh, the grand prize with a, tri a ski trip to Colorado, which I, I – if I won, I wasn't going to go because, you know, I'm black. But the show before me, the grand prize was a trip to Aruba. And the show after me, the oh. grand prize, the show after me, the grand prize was a car. But my show, I went a trip, my, the grand prize was a trip to Colorado. But I did win a motorcycle, guitar, stereo, color TV, uh, so a bunch of CDs from Electra Records. Uh, body glove sportswear in case I ever wanted to go scuba diving. Um, <laughs> just called every for every video I got right, I got another prize. So, and I got my uh, pair of British Knights that I still have. And so I had a wow, it, yeah, and they still fit me. So that it, I taped it March twenty, uh, I'm sorry, December twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. It aired March ninth, nineteen ninety. Like you said, Dame, uh, big day in my house. Uh, my mom made a whole uh, big dinner, invited friends over. My house was packed with people wanting to see you know, me on this game show. Everyone from work came to see it. Um, a friend I went to high school with that I hadn't seen in six years, he came. A um, lot of fun. I taped it off my VCR and had a videotape specially made that Craig's remote control on it, plugged it in there, taped it. Could not be happier. I even taped the replay at midnight. Okay. So all was right with the world. Here's where the story gets fun, Fox. Stay with me, okay? So I taped oh. my show, my, my remote control show, my little VC, on my VHS tape clearly marked Craig's remote control. So at the time in 1990, I lived with my brother and his sister-in-law. They just got married. So we all lived in the same house. Um. And years were going by, and I would show people that – and people I hadn't seen it or heard that I was on the show because, remember, there was no internet. There was no uh, emails or anything like that. So people would call me and say, I saw you in remote control. I said, yeah. And I, I said, you want to come over and watch it? Yeah, we came over and watched it. I had pen pals 
back in 1990. I had people that I wrote to in different parts of the country. Um, this again before internet. So I wrote to I had a pen pal in Valdosta, Georgia. I had a pen pal in McKinleyville, California, uh, in um, Richmond, Indiana. Writing people all over, and they were writing me letters saying, "Hey, I saw you on a remote control. That's awesome." So for years I lived off this. I ran into a buddy of mine, Eric, who I hadn't seen in, in about ten years from high school. And he said, I heard you were on remote control. I said, yeah. He said, you want to come over and watch it? He goes, yeah, man, I love that show. Come on, let's go. We go over to my place, and I have my put out, I bring out my VCR, my VHS tape that says Craig's remote control on it. Put it in the VCR, and it's nothing but videos from BET. Six hours of BET videos. What happened was my ex-sister-in-law, my brother's wife, uh, when she would go to work, she would put she would um, she was obsessed with the group Jodeci, and she was looking for this video by Jodeci. So what she would do is before she would go to work, she would take a blank videotape, stick it in the VCR, hit record for eight hours, and go to work and come back and look at the videos to find this Jodeci video. Apparently, she took the video clearly marked Craig's remote control. Stuck that in the VCR, taped six hours of BET videos, and erased my episode. So it was gone. And oh. by this time, she had moved out, divorced my brother, so I couldn't even get my revenge. My only hope was <laughs> my, my backup video, because I, I taped it twice. I taped the replay. Um, and... I've watched it a couple times, but and it was like a mixtape. So like the, first, the the my backup tape my, of the replay was missing the first ten minutes, but it didn't matter. I still had it somewhere, but I didn't label it. And um, if you knew me at all, I watch a lot of TV. So I had like a, a, a New York Library of, of videotapes that were you know stacked mile high, mile wide. Um, of lots of tons of videotapes. Um, now, if maybe if I had an entire month, I could go through all of them and try to find out. I kind of felt like Vern and Stand By Me, like when his mom, you know, threw out the map to where his pennies were buried, and he was spent all of this time underneath the porch looking for his pennies, and he didn't know whether to laugh or cry. That was me. Now, keep in mind, this is 2000, 2001, so VCRs are pretty much obsolete. So the one I had was pretty much shot. So I couldn't go through all the videotapes because the VCR was on its last legs. And unbeknownst to me, when the time when I came back to try and look for it, it was gone, replaced by a DVD player. So I couldn't even look for my backup version of remote control. So I tried writing to the production company. Production company went out of business. I tried looking for it on YouTube, but... I was the one that won. The other two guys, Teddy and Frank, they lost. So why would they record it and put it on YouTube? Because they were embarrassed by me. And if I had lost like that, it was a huge embarrassing failure. I sure as I wouldn't put it on YouTube. So that's a dead end. I said maybe it's available on on uh, on Amazon. Maybe uh, a whole seasons are available. Uh, the first two seasons are available on DVD, but I was on season four. So oh. that's out. So I'm dead end, dead end, dead end. 2016. Okay, we're going on almost 25 years now. And I and I'm on March 9th of 2015, Dame. I said this was the day I was on remote control, and I won a guitar and a motorcycle and all this. 
and everything. And I said, I swear to God, a tape of this exists, but I can't find it. And people were liking it and saying, oh, I love that show. I, I probably saw you. And then I got a comment from my friend Diana Stansberry. Now, Diana was one of the pen pals I had back in 1990. I never met this woman. We wrote, wrote letters for years. She comments on my status about me being on remote control, and she says, uh, I taped that when it came on. I think I still might have a copy of that. So I'm flipping now. So instantly I message her, oh, my God, yes, I've been looking for 25 years, and it was taped over, and Jodeci and all that. And she goes, <laughs> I'm, I give her the whole, like, long ass, longer than it had to be, but telling her how long I've been looking for this tape that I didn't think existed anymore, my episode of Remote Control. She goes, yeah, well, I definitely taped it. If I have it, it would be in, my, in the basement of my dad's house in Kokomo, in Kokomo, Indiana. I said, okay, well, progress, light, maybe, faint light at the end of the tunnel. The thing was, Diana didn't live in Kokomo, Indiana anymore. She got married oh. and, moved, and moved in with her husband in Australia. Oh. She's in Australia, and the tape that she might have of me on remote control maybe is in her father's basement in Kokomo, Indiana. So that's where we were. As horrible luck would have it, and I stress horrible luck, uh, Diana's father got really sick, and she Aww. had to fly back from Australia to, to tend to him in Indiana, and I wrote her a message. I'm so sorry to hear about your father. Uh, please, I give him my best. I hope he has. I hope he, he pulls through, and please have a safe flight. But if you have time... <laughs> <laughs> If you could find it anywhere in your heart, if you can just check in your dad's basement for, and I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry to ask you this, and I'm, this is way out of line, and I know it's really stupid about your father, because your father's in poor health, but at the same time, I've been looking for this for 25 years, and she just wrote back, I understand. Two days later, she sends me a picture of a VHS tape that she's marked Craig's remote control on it. And she, she puts it on a thumb drive and mails it back to me, just like we used to mail letters back in the day. And when I got the, the finally got the episode that I've been looking for for 25 years on remote control, the ultimate irony is that it's missing the first 10 minutes, just like my back. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's why when you see it on YouTube, you see all the – in my original tape, you had, it was local Philly commercials, but in this one, you have local Kokomo, Indiana commercials. Like the Kokomo State Fair is coming this Wednesday. So wait, so you can't contact MTV and like, yo, kind of famous. Can I uh, – can you show me where the tape is, man? When I, I – he had to go through Viacom. Um, which owns MTV, uh, and I couldn't get through any type of deal because I just I needed that. I had the episode number and all that, but I don't know who has the master tapes because again that production company went out of business. I have a question: Does MTV have like this on-demand service where all this old stuff is? I don't know. I haven't 
looked at anything NTV in years. Uh, see, that is going to be like mine and Foxy's new mission, to, like to join you in this quest. She's like, she's, she's turning the TV yeah, on right I, now. I, I, I need the first ten minutes of they, this episode, yeah. sir. Because that, because that episode, I was on the last season of Remote Control. And, like, my episode was, like, one of the last ones ever taped. Mm. Um, so I don't – so I think everything remote control, like, stopped, like, after the first two seasons because that's – the only two seasons that are available on DVD are the first two. Right. And after that, it's, you know, like, gone. So, like, I, I haven't even seen anything from season three. I'm on season four. So I don't I, – don't even know if it, that exists. Yeah, so. GM Spectre, I agree. I think it's a like, it's a music licensing thing because the MTV mm-hmm. was for a while there. MTV was rolling out their series on DVD to get them out there because they would eventually lose the licensing and have to do a bunch of editing. So you know the state, yeah. the original, the state. Yes, uh, yeah. they released it on I'm DVD. Get my balls in it. Yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. The worst thing on there. They hated doing it. It's a long story. We talk about the state another day. But they re-released the whole series on DVD in 2003. Yeah. But it is riddled with redubs from the cast and voiceovers because, like the twenty thousand pounds of pudding sketches, that's yeah. all new audio because they couldn't use sexual uh, healing by uh, Marvin Gaye. They had wow. to change it to some generic. Sounding kind of like Jimmy, they had to do is they had to do a Jimmy Hart and uh, change the notes of the song just ever so slightly to a yeah. to accommodate the licensing thing. So I would assume that after they got the first classic seasons out, they were like, "Hey, we're not releasing them. They don't care." Yeah, honestly. So I, I, I guess, but how is it that MTV Classic has an on-demand channel, but all they have on it are "Quote unquote MTV Classic music videos and none of the MTV Classic programming. You know, yeah, what a disappointment. I agree. Yeah. So my full episode is out there somewhere in the ether, but uh, I, I get I have not seen it in almost thirty years. You know what's funny about that? Somewhere because uh, I watch a YouTube channel called it's called Eighties uh, Commercial Videos, uh-huh. but this dude uploads. If you go to that link. This person is up. Oh, I just saw you got popcorn thrown at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This dude has thousands of videos uploaded on his YouTube mm-hmm. of commercial blocks from the 70s, 80s, 90s, from all over the country. And I'm like, somewhere in one of these tapes that somebody has somewhere over the world, somewhere has that goddamn video. <laughs> somewhere. Craig, I know. Yes, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, I love you so so much. I love you. Check the Nerd Herders inbox and click the link. Check the Nerd Herders inbox. I clicked like I apologize, uh, Nerd Herders uh, listeners and viewers. Oh, I just got a message shit. from um, from Dave. Work, work, you son of a bitch. Free download, borrow, and streaming internet archive. Uh-huh. And look what's in it. Full episode. Your name is listed right there in the title. 23 minutes and some odd seconds long. What? That can't be the right one, is it? I just checked it myself. It is. Craig Legon's on MTV Remote Control. I'm going to be off. I'm surprised he watched TV, Bob, man. 
<laughs> that's how it started. Yeah, well, that's my, yeah, that's that's it. That's the episode. But it's not the full episode. That's because it doesn't have the beginning. Oh, uh, I think they are, I think that, yeah, I start, think, good. Yeah, that's missing the first 10 minutes. If it starts with Adam Sandler, then you're missing the first 10 minutes. That, thank yeah. you, though, seriously. Yeah, but that's, that's yeah, probably the same recording that I have. Yeah, because it said 23 minutes and 51 seconds, because all these videos are just over 20 minutes. Like, yeah. the longest one is 27 minutes. I figured that was the whole episode. Was no. your remote control an hour in the day, or was it a half no, hour? No, it, it was half an hour. It, it was, was half an hour. Yeah, and the, the full episode would have been, because by the time we got to um, Adam Sandler, I had already answered the first three questions. Cause by the, the opening, Dennis Leary was the first category. And he was mm. playing Andy Warhol. I mean, well, in the opening, they had the the opening credits, and they introduce each of us by name, and then we start. And uh, Dennis Dennis Leary is on the first um, category, yeah, and then the second category. What is it was, online? Uh, what is yeah. the, what is the Dennis Leary category? I love you. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think. Minutes and so much seconds long. It's got to be the whole episode. Somebody find my segment I did on the pile driver of the rock and wrestling radio show on WMMR in 2001. <laughs> I was on that show once. Oh my I was god! On I, MMR from I love Preston you, Steve Craig. I will be on. I will be on a quest. I will find this thing now. I will find it. Thank, you. thank you, sir. But I, you know what? I want you to take care of you and your your personal instructing stuff. And take care of that ankle. Don't worry about me. Veronica Vargas, Foxy Foxy. Uh, tell us where we can uh, see more of you and read more about how you're doing with your chapters. All right. Well, you can all find and follow me on social media at Viva Foxy Foxy. That's F O X Y F O X X Y on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook.com slash Foxy Foxy. And, of course, Patreon.com, Foxy Foxy, which is the hub of the memoir featuring a bunch of bonus content for it where you can become a member and help support the endeavor to get to an editor, which will be very, very, very soon. Nice. There we go. Awesome. Dane, where can people find you? Uh, DVargus802 on, um, Instagram, DVargus802 on YouTube, and, you know, we've got the Nerd Artist page, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. Everything else is my karate life and personal training now, but, yeah, pretty much everything, all the nerd stuff, that's where you find it. (laughs) (laughs) And if anyone needs a personal trainer or karate instructor, Dame is the man, okay? Yeah, wait six weeks, though. Yeah, just don't land on his leg, and you'll be fine. Hey, uh, Dan, uh, Yeah, I'll be fine. (laughs) <laughs> where can people find you? Find me at all social media platforms. If you look above on the screen, Dan Law 83. Boom. <laughs> and you can Did find you me. Did or falling off the chair? Yeah, it's so mad. Ow. <laughs> yeah, watch the arm. It only hurts, it only hurts when I dab. It only hurts uh, when I breathe. <laughs> uh, you can follow me and my various pajamas and uh, on Craig Legon, C R A I G L I W G E O N S. 
uh, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. And check out YouTube if you hadn't seen or heard of me on Remote Control. And I'm getting other links from people that found me on Remote Control. Unfortunately, what I um, I put up on YouTube is the only known existing copy of my show that I taped March 9th, 1990. But I'm sure it's out there, just like the truth. Um, so uh, anyone who, uh, looking for it, thank you on my behalf. But the, the fact that I lived through it and I can get to share it with you guys is enough for me. Uh, join us uh, next month um, on April 28th. Uh, when we will come back to you with a brand spanking new edition of Nerd Herders. Will I be in a different superhero set of pajamas, or will I be in a whole brand new suit? We have no idea. And because between now and then, there will be so much more news, nerd stuff, movies that have opened or closed, or dates that have been moved back further for us to discuss. But we will be here with you. Passing on all the savings and all the good stuff to you. So, before we go, Dan, can you hear me? Yeah. You're my nerd herder. You're you're my nerd herder. Oh, thank you for clarifying that last part. Yes, hey. thank you. Oof. Hey, Dame. Dame. Yes, sir. You're my nerd herder. Yeah. You are. You're my nerd herder. Amber looks so thrilled you're doing this. <laughs> An appearance fee. I have to pay for it again. Hey, Fox. You know, yes. these, days, these days I'm afraid you're not even sure if your name is Veronica, but uh, because we both love Elvis Costello and because we both love you, do you know what? You're my nerd herder. What? You're my nerd herder. Thank you. There's stars and stripes where my heart is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening or for watching us uh, tonight. Uh, join us next month, April 28th, for a brand spanking new edition of Nerd Herders. For Dan Calachico, Veronica Vargas, Damian Vargas, and the aforementioned Amber, my name is Craig Lagan. This has been Nerd Herder, and we'll see you in the future. This is the sister, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at nine. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm, and you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and 
Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the travel and sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cotney, Mark Diquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major feds as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Steins of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.